Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 24 of the 24 Stories podcast. And as you can tell, it is number 24. So that means it's actually the final episode of season one. So I thought we'd do something slightly different for this episode. And I want to introduce you to the producer of the show. So somebody that's been behind the scenes throughout that you've never heard her voice, but has been in my ear a good number of times throughout the, the series and has helped me edit this and produce it the whole time. Is Elaine Smith. So welcome to the 24 Stories podcast, Elaine. I have to say that even though <laughs> you are here every week, but nobody ever hears you. Woohoo! Season one, episode 24. Congratulations on reaching to the end of the season. It's been fantastic to be behind the scenes. Yeah. So coming on the show today, there is a slight bit of nervousness, you know. You're the one that doesn't have to talk usually. <laughs> exactly. So I get to look at you in all your glory. And what's interesting people. about that is... Before we started this, when I gave you the, you know, when I said, look, I'm not, I have this idea for a podcast series. I suppose what was in your mind when I when I said that, like, you probably, like what kind of a show did you think it was going to be? That's a good question. Firstly, I was excited because it was going to be a new style of show. Yeah. And because we know each other from our days in. Uh, yeah, we both worked in Red FM together. Yeah, exactly. So I knew you would have something good up your sleeve. Yeah. Because I've seen what you got up to since Red FM. Yeah. And what you got up to before Red FM. So I yeah. knew you would have something creative to bring to the table. And then when you mentioned that it was going to be about brands and businesses in Cork, it exceeded my expectations. That's Looking cool. back on the podcast, all the guests, all the variety, different sectors, different stories and how you've gotten so much from so many people and highlighting such great people as a collective in Cork has been Really, really interesting. And you know what? What I think is is the best thing about that is your background wouldn't be business. And I've got feedback from people that aren't in business as well, and they seem to like the style of the approach. Mm-hmm. So people, for example, family members of people that have been on the episode have listened. Yeah, and it's not too serious or not above them, and and maybe. That has probably evolved as the series has went on, but nearly from the very outset, it's kind of been a natural conversation is what we've tried to do. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that 100% because, as you said, I wouldn't have that business background. So some things I was thinking, oh, is this going to be too heavy for someone, a regular Joe like me listening in? But actually it was and it was very engaging and it was very easy for me to understand and gain an insight into the lives of these people and how their business operates and how they operate. And you made it so casual and relaxed and simplified everything. So it didn't make it any bit difficult for me at all. And that, like that's great here because like, I can see you in even through the window every week because you're behind the guest usually. So when, when I'm talking to them, you're behind the guest. And I can see how interested you are in what they're saying. And then I can see you laugh at some of the comments that we make towards, yeah. you know, the guest says to me or I say to the guest and stuff like that. And Obviously, when I'm behind the window, I'm trying to do my job and with the with the yeah, sound and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes I could get carried away in the stories that people are saying. And I've got great learning from it. And even listening back, editing it, I'm hearing new things again that I might have missed when I was working. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, there has been a lot of funny stories as well told on the podcast uh, that we've had great laughs with as well. And the good thing as well is feedback as well is people say how casual you are when you're interviewing them. Yeah. It's a conversation and not an interrogation and yeah. chat and how relaxed people are that you may not have even met before that have come on to the show as well. Yeah, there was a few people that I never met ever before the day that happened. It was like blind date or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. still a black yeah. out there. <laughs> Honestly, I reached out to them, um, including the very first person. Shane, I'd never mm-hmm. met Shane before. I'd never met Luke, Noella. There was a good few of them actually that I'd never met Jason. I, I met briefly for a couple mm-hmm. of seconds before. There were some people I knew very well, such as Stevie and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, others I didn't and and it was that surprise moment of when you find out something about their history or something that you didn't yeah. know I'm caught up then and yeah. I actually listen back to a lot of the episodes and because I, when you're in the middle of a conversation you kind of sometimes you might not remember everything that it's just like being in a cafe you won't remember everything that happens yeah. Um, in a, with a chat with, some, with a friend or a family member or whatever so I like to listen back and say oh I forgot they said that that was really good you know yeah. And uh, the other thing people mightn't realise, and you can verify this, is um, there is I never have a list of questions, ever. Never, never. And I'd say that frightened you to start with, I'd say. Absolutely, because I'm thinking... How is he going to win this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even coming on today, when we were thinking of uh, this episode, you were like, we'll just go straight into it. But my background and what I do day to day, I'm like, no, we, ha- we kind of have to plan. Yeah. So we were like the yin and the yang there. Yeah. And when you don't have your questions prepared, I'm like, oh my goodness, how is he How is he going to do it? But somehow you just sit down on the chair and it's just chat, chat, chat. And it's like everything around us disappears. The purpose is, is just chatting to people and getting all that information from them. And it's like you just do it so well. And if it was me, I'd have all my questions ready and uh, and all that. Like, I know you do a lot of bulletins for news and stuff like yeah. you did for Red and you do stuff for News Talk and, and, and so on. And like, there is scenarios where you have to have questions. I think you just yeah. have to. You can't go on a whim. Mm-hmm. I think the length of this podcast, there's a bit of freedom. Yeah. If it was tighter, if it was shorter, I think you couldn't get away with the stuff that I do. Yeah. I think the hour, it gives you that bit more time to kind of fool around and kind of you know, maybe get that extra bit of an answer out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And even if they hesitate, you have time, you know, they'll come back to it. And, yeah. And, and, but you haven't had to do that much editing. No, not at all. You're the king of off the cuff conversation. Off the cuff. And they go yeah. off on tangents. <laughs> they go way off, you know. But like, it's interesting when you get the listeners then. Um, I want to read out a message that I got during the week mm-hmm. and I just thought like we've got a few of them over time you know you, and I got a lot of, from people that I know but I think it's when you get one from someone that you don't have a clue you've never met before and I got one on Instagram the other day and I won't name the person I won't name their mm-hmm. business but I just thought it was really nice so, so it was Stephen uh, just wanted to say thanks so much for the podcast so he said at the start of your podcast you say you aim to educate inspire and help build brands and that's exactly what you have done for me with bringing all these inspiring guests over the last few months. He said, I'm in business with stores across Cork. And he said, your podcast has helped me realize how much more I need to focus on branding and better ways to grow the business. So I literally wanted to pop on and say thanks so much for guiding me in the right direction and bringing all these guests in for a chat. I'll be making some big changes going forward because of what I've learned from your podcast. Thanks. How do you feel about receiving something like that? That when... means it's worth doing. Yeah. It was a Tom Durkin said on on the podcast, I thought it was one of the most interesting points and 
in the series, he said, even if only two people are listening to this, mm-hmm. he said, that's two people that maybe didn't know about me yesterday. It's two people that maybe have connected in some way that I maybe they'll open a door for me. And for me, it's not about even connecting. It's To me, is if I can help, as I said, educate or inspire people, then that's job done. So that's one person who has listened to the episodes. And I put a bit of that comment out and uh, one or two other people said the mm-hmm. same thing. They said, actually, yeah, yeah. They said, I've got so much out of it as well. And I told you the story on one of the episodes. He said, of somebody bumped into me in a shopping centre. I, I didn't know them either. Yeah. And they also said, I've been listening to all the episodes and they're great. And yeah. and I, I learn a lot from them. So it's always nicer when it's not people that you know. I yeah. always say that. No offence to anyone that I know that says it to me. But I think it's nicer when it comes from somebody that is impartial. Definitely reassuring. Like if I asked you now at the start of the podcast. Yeah. Did you think it would come this way and you would receive messages like this at the end? It's really interesting at the start of this podcast, my career would have probably thought that this would be very marketing focused. Mm-hmm. And if you if you listen to what I say about building brands no, okay? But building a brand is much more than sticking a name on something. It's much more than putting a logo out there. It's it's basically what people say about you when you're not in the room. And every good brand has someone that has built it. Now, some of the biggest brands in the world, there'll be a number of people have built it and it has mm-hmm. evolved. But when we're talking locally, usually there's one, two, three people have been behind the brand and, and, and growing yeah. it. And I think what it has really done, it's kind of evolved into a, 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 a podcast that will help people that are already in business or people who have an idea of starting one. Yeah. So I thought with my lecturing hat on that it would be a lot of students listening. And what has turned out is there's a lot of business owners listening because they've told me. Mm-hmm. and they've found a podcast of similar minded people and people that they can kind of, oh, I didn't realise someone else was going through that. I yeah. didn't realise someone else had that obstacle. I thought it'd be much harder to build a business the size that they did. So I think it's evolved and I wouldn't just call it marketing podcast anymore. I think it's definitely a business. I wouldn't say even just a small business because I think we've had people on here that have worked with big multinationals and the same yeah. things have happened for a small corner shop versus a global business. It, it, the same problems happen uh, and at the heart of them all are, are people. Yeah. And opportunities and, and people taking those opportunities and stuff like that as well. So I think it has evolved. Um, the feedback has been has been brilliant and the audience has been really interesting and in who I've picked up along the way and the amount of people that I didn't know that listened is, is nearly more interesting uh, in many ways because yeah word has got out somehow. It's also worth mentioning the people listening in from around the world. Well, that's fascinating. 45 countries I counted the other day. Yeah, all continents. All continents. Now you get the odd one that might come across it by mistake. I I understand <laughs> that, you know, yeah. and I I often talk about vanity metrics and sanity metrics. And yeah. if I see one podcast coming from some bizarre place and one, one listen and maybe you never see any more. Then you say, okay, what's, wh- why was that? Maybe they knew somebody mm-hmm. or whatever. But what really interests me is is the consistency from some places. So parts of the US, parts of the UK, part Belgium, I think in particular, there's one. 
France and Norway is another two countries where there's people listening on a regular basis. Australia uh, as well as Australia, a good one. yeah, yeah, and Brazil as well. Which Brazil have come up for some yeah. re- in recent times. Uh, India, it's definitely spread beyond Ireland, and um, I suppose. At the start, I never intended to, but as we were kind of halfway through it, I kind of kept with it. Mm-hmm. All the stories in season one have been based in Cork. They weren't all born in Cork, by the way. Yeah. Of course, we had Stephen that came from China. We had Fascinating from, story. We had, we had Colette from, from, from Kerry and, and a few others as well, in, including John Caulfield, who originally came from New York and then yeah. moved to Cork. But, but call Cork home. But they're all, they all would call Cork home. They all live here. And, um, and I think that... Um, was fascinating. That was just in one county how many great stories we mm-hmm. have. But that's just some of some of the people that are making waves from Cork, which is great to see and it's great to, I think, make other people in Cork aware of stories of businesses. Like as you said, Stephen from Forever Hugh. Yeah. Amazing story. Yeah. To arrive here as, you know, a fourteen year old without a word of English. Yeah. Going to school, working. Yeah. Renting accommodation. At going into a landlord. They got story that he mentions about yeah. going into the landlord with a sixteen some other guy from transition year and they're going in looking for uh, an apartment to rent or a flat to rent or something like that. Yeah. That's like crazy stuff. You know, when I was that age, there was no way I was thinking about things like that. And then, you know, him merging the culture. Yes. I thought that was really interesting that his business evolved out of trying to bring China and Ireland together. And I I think that that's really, really interesting because you'll find that that is common in the podcast as well, where it's something to do with their passion, something yeah. to do with a hobby or something like that, mm-hmm. that, ev- that evolves into something yeah. bigger. And it's that link as well between Cork and China as well yeah. in, in its own right. Yeah. yeah, That he's made these new connections of yeah. businesses that will open up yeah. other opportunities as well. Yeah, and, and he's only a couple of years in, so I'd imagine it's going to get, you know, going to get bigger yeah. as time moves on as well. Yeah, so that's what I really appreciated about the podcast is starting off with that Cork spin on things. Yeah. Did you expect it to reach countries abroad? Were you surprised? To the extent that it has gone, yeah. I always expect, you'd always get a few from the US and the UK. That's mm-hmm. going to happen naturally because of the Irish diaspora that are living in those yeah. places. I think maybe a couple of people have listened to one or two episodes and have continued. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, that the same story could apply if you were based in a small town or a small city somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Cork is no different to maybe, you know, a Coventry in the UK or, a, yeah. you know, a Dundee in Scotland or somewhere like that. Or, you know, maybe a small um, Rhode Island or somewhere in, in the US or you know these are yeah. type of places that have popped up as as I've seen on, on towns and places like that that are listening um, and there's there's similarities in many ways where maybe small businesses start in those areas and then grow into bigger businesses you know so I think that's been interesting I have a question for you now yeah. because you've been asking people all the questions yeah. so far so I'm going to I'm going to turn the tables around yeah. a small bit what inspired you to do this podcast? I suppose originally when I set up 24 Stories it was it was to put on small networking events mm-hmm. and then to have two conferences a year and I had the two conferences in 2019 and fingers crossed we might get one this year that's the plan still but I always loved hearing people tell their kind of story of how they built something or, or whatever and I loved the feedback the audience would give and, and maybe mm-hmm. having the chat and the coffee and all of that kind of stuff. 
And I parked it when COVID hit. And then I suppose I had listened to other podcasts. And in particular in the UK, I listened to some one or two. Steve Bartlett, for mm-hmm. example, uh, Diary of a CEO, the High Performance podcast um, was another one. And I thought, do you know what they have in common is they have all these business people and sports people and, and, and people that are in different industries and you name it. They all have a fantastic backstory. But I said, I'd love to hear the smaller businesses as well. I'd love to hear the businesses yeah. that are local. I never get to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that there was a gap. And, you know, I said, I wonder if I tried it, what would happen? And that's, I said, I'd take a gamble. And because I'd been on a lot of podcasts and I remember one lady, she sent me a message, she said, I love when you're on a podcast because, you know, yeah, you have a great way of talking or something like that. And I said, you know, maybe I should try my own one because I was always a guest on yeah. someone else's. And I said, I'd love to turn the wheels in. I think like when I was a kid, I used to get, I had a little radio player, a tape recorder <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I had a microphone, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, hey, it's Stephen Ryan and putting on a stupid <laughs> accent or whatever. And and there was maybe a side of me that always wanted to be on a radio yeah. station or something like that. Maybe that's why I did marketing in Red FM. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, and so it's, it's and at one stage when I was in transition, I wanted to be a journalist as well. So right, it's okay. funny how everything has kind of come back to, yeah. yes, here you are. You kind of are a presenter, <laughs> journalist, whatever you want to be, but you're creating your own now. Yeah. So there was a number of things at play. Can and, I ask you, who yeah. were you interviewing? <laughs> who was I interviewing when I was younger? Yeah. Myself, I'd say. I was probably putting on voices. Uh, yeah, I was kind of doing the soundtrack I suppose back then talk radio wasn't massive. It was mainly kind of like introducing music, if you think about it. Yeah. So give yeah. us a rendition. <laughs> God, I, I like, you know, this, you know, it'd be like I'd make up a, my name and this is Stephen Ryan. This is the next hit or whatever. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> crazy stuff, you know. Well, it's worked in your favour anyway worked in my for favor. today. <laughs> yeah. So talking to myself for years actually got me <laughs> yeah. into the habit of <laughs> of waffling a bit so uh, and then of course obviously being in classroom and having great people coming to my classes to give talks and things and I always feel that like I'm there for like you know I ask them a few questions but I'm like Mm -hmm. it's intimidating for them as well when they're in a room with people looking at them I wonder if I put them into a studio environment they forget Mm -hmm. they forget that there's people on the other side listening yeah exactly you know what I mean and if you can bring people into that kind of front room environment whereby we're just having the chat, you know, they have a coffee, have a coffee or whatever, and we're, we're, we're just talking away, they'll open up a bit more. Just speaking of opening up, what stories from our guests have inspired you? There was a few. So when I think back to, I think it was episode three with Bill, the time when he lost his job and I think he said he was in his early 40s. Mm-hmm. And he went for an interview and he was rejected for a job. I think it was with the Golden Pages or something like yeah. that. And he had one last throw of the dice in his own mind. And mm-hmm. he kind of like, I fight, if this doesn't work, I'm in trouble. And he took a gamble on on um, on setting up an ice, ice rink business. And he had to go knock at his own mother-in-law's door and... and yeah. He had to ask people for help, but he knew that if it didn't work, he was, you know, the house was gone, everything was gone. Mm -hmm. And I think how brave he was. And I think that has come across a good few times on the podcast that people are very brave with their. And what's the difference between someone that's successful in business and someone that just works for someone else and, you know, doesn't have success, I think is is the the fact that they're willing to take a chance. They're willing to take a risk on themselves. Mm -hmm. 
and sometimes it doesn't work and a few of them have said that they've had failures yeah but they've bounced back from it and so mm-hmm. I think that was really good one I thought Maeve on episode 2 when she was talking about you know she went through a lot with losing her sister but she used that to kind of really focus in on what was important in life yeah and I think in particular how she helped Mary Mount Hospice mm-hmm. by being nice to other people by mm-hmm. being good to a charity yeah actually came back tenfold for her and people fell in love with her business I think and fell in love with yeah. what she stood for and I think she built a big following mm-hmm. she got to the stage where she had to shut the following off because she was it was growing too much and eventually yeah. she turned that back into O'Malley and I thought that was really 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 interesting and, mm-hmm. and, and inspiring for anyone that's going through hard times and you know like other people for example like you know we had Emma on recently and as a kid like she probably hate me saying that but as a 17 year old yeah. to get the knockback that you're not going to be competing for your country anymore yeah most people would take that quite bad exactly especially being a teenager yeah um, but she turned it in to a passion mm-hmm. to not be defeated and to set up her own business and it started as a kind of a hobby to be a distraction but grew and yeah. I think that's that's just you know that's really impressive mm-hmm. is re- the resilience there and actually John Caulfield mentioned that in his podcast about yep. I think he was we were talking about advice and he said a lot of people could learn from what Shawnee McGuire did and Shawnee he said had a lot of setbacks but he said it's how he dealt with it and he said that it wasn't him you know as in John himself yeah. that developed Shawnee it was actually Shawnee's ability to take the criticism to take the the advice and to not give up yeah, and to overcome it others would have walked away when they had to come back from England and didn't make it so I think there was a there was a lot there and you know even Stevie was another great one like Stevie was quite inspiring in terms of that idea of you know giving back to society and stuff yeah with his, especially with his work that he does at the moment yeah. with the youth work you know and people associate him with being a DJ but Stevie has built his brand by being good to Cork Absolutely, all the entertainment he's brought to so many people at so many different stages of their lives as well, if you think about it. Yeah. From the discos yeah, to Sir Henry's. And people have evolved with him and their kids are now yeah. probably seeing what he does and, you know, like it, over time he's evolved. And, um, and I think that was really, really, really interesting as well. Like, you know, so we've had lots of inspiring stories, mm-hmm. you know, people that have, have done, you know, good things I think they're get, yeah. they're, they're more so than trying to sell something all the time they're trying to inspire others around them they're trying to do things mm-hmm. that get get people motivated and stuff like that and I think that was really good you know I think so too and it, it's interesting as well when you think about it because as you mentioned those guests in particular they've had big setbacks in their careers and stuff but rather than sitting back and taking defeat they've a- almost used that experience to strengthen their business plans and actually move on to an, a new stage. Yeah. And look how successful it has worked out for them. Yeah. As well in that sense from Bill, you know, from Emma and Maeve with their personal setbacks and even Martin in the last episode when he got let go from his job and he had to go home and tell his wife and yeah. kids, yeah. I've lost my job. But yeah. instead it gave him that determination to say, I'm actually just going to set up my own business as myself. Yeah. And he went away and he lectured for about six months and he didn't like it and then he 
you know, decided to set up the business at a time when you wouldn't have had many consultants. And I kind of said that mm-hmm. to him in the, on the podcast. And, and I think that's brave, but it's paid off for him, you know. And it's also brave for the people that have a huge legacy to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard that in particular with Anne-Marie. Her father was well-renowned for being uh, Mr. PR in Cork. Yeah. And I'm probably the first PR agency, Robin. And that's a hard legacy to follow. Mm-hmm. And and I think she did it well. And and even though she had a bit of a setback herself. Yeah. She reformed. She set up, you know, her own agency. Um, and, you know, like, so there was a great learning from that. And, and when we also talk about legacy, we talk about, you know, Michelle in ASA Brands. She nearly did a 20 year apprenticeship before she took over the reins of the company. Yeah. You know, and she even mentioned that a lot of the customers didn't realise that she was, you know, the CEO's daughter. Yeah. She didn't realise that the owner's <laughs> daughter, that was, that was, that was her. Yeah. You know, so I think there was, that's a, that was another thing like, and so uh, there was a lot of resilience. There's a lot of people that are, work hard. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a strong work ethic, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they're not afraid to get stuck in and knock on doors like Tom said, you know, he, he knocked on doors to build a business. You exactly. Know, you know, and, um, you know, and the same, Martin was the exact same. They they knocked on doors yeah. to get business in. And then other people had maybe an opportunity to come their way. And, and I'd say people in general have opportunities, but they don't always take them. But, exactly. But when I think back to Audrey in Azor, like she got a job in France, but a hobby and she kind of interested in jewellery, but she kind of got in, in, interested in how it was made. Mm-hmm. I started bringing it back here and her friends and all of that. And a business evolved out of that yeah. one connection, an opportunity where she met an individual who was making this jewellery in France. Yeah. You know, the same happened with, with Maeve on episode five when we had, you know, when she was talking about her, I suppose, NBA in, yeah. in Spain, in Madrid. And she got introduced to this guy who happened to be good friends with the King of Spain. He was involved in sailing. Yeah. And the next thing she met people involved in Real Madrid and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And like her career totally changed from that point on. To even think that um, someone from Cork was responsible for bringing Ronaldo to Ireland. Yeah. You know, which is also so cool when you think about it. You had someone who was working with these legends and huge, huge football organisations that people admire so much. And there's Maeve just so calm and casual coming into studio saying, oh, yeah, uh, brought Ronaldo up there for a match. It's amazing. The, all the different opportunities and stuff that have to come to them and, you know, the things they've created themselves as well, you know. Yeah. Even, you know, the amount of travelling some of them have done. It'd make you think about, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably a lot of younger people listening to the podcast as well. And they've probably been inspired by those mm-hmm. like, for example, Colette, you know, that was, you know, based based out of London. And she was across Europe and, yeah, you know, and even from a research point of view, she was, you know, analysing kids eating cereal. And the next minute she was inside in someone's toilet looking at the <laughs> toiletries. Yeah. You know, that's not something that you, you, you know, you'd associate. Yeah. You know, or... You know, Paula working for, for you know, juries across the world and understanding their business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what, what they're up to, you know, even, even you know, if you look at Rob, he was involved in, you know, with Velo Coffee. Before that, he worked for a lot of other industries and he kind of learned from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that kind of mentorship type of thing seemed to be another 
popular trend that came up across the podcast mm-hmm. where somebody inspired them. Somebody kind yeah. of took them under their wings and, and guided them. You know what I mean? And, and, and that was another thing that I saw came up a lot. And then you look at people that maybe the business evolved because they were so likeable and because they had a real talent. Yeah. And it took time. And I, and I think in particular, Jason, you know. Jason's artwork alone. His artwork was shot to fame. And even that was Jason's very first time on any interview, any podcast or anything mm-hmm. like that. I thought it was lovely how we talked about imposter syndrome and how he was mm-hmm. worried, you know, about what other people thought about him and stuff like that. And yeah. his lack of confidence in his own capabilities. And this guy is so talented and yet would have self-doubt. And uh, and that came up, the honesty came up a lot mm-hmm. in the podcast series. I think across a number of episodes, we had those moments whereby people had to be really honest. Yeah. Even Shane at the start, like when he never did any brewing before. Yeah. He took over the Franciscan well and, you know, the next thing, they're the biggest craft brewer in the country. Yeah, it's funny because it, it, that, that point, had, like when you think about the other episodes, it's like what people thought they would do in their career, whether it was going to college or starting in a, in a different company and whatnot. Yeah. But whether it was like an outside source that came in, like in that instance with Audrey or Rob. Yeah. You know, in the sense that someone came along and said, this is what I'm doing. And then it just took them out of their career and brought them into a new path altogether. Yeah. Even if you think about Paula as well, she was studying to be an archaeologist. Yeah. We've had two archaeologists. Yeah, Michelle was one as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing that they started with one thing and totally down a different road afterwards. All about opportunity and who they've met along the way. Yeah. And again, taking that leap. So I can't imagine it would be easy if you're in a good company or you're you're getting your wages, you're happy out. Yeah. But then someone comes along and go, have you thought about this? Yeah. One of the best examples of that I thought was Noella where she had a very successful career like heading up fina- massive finance teams for big multinationals and walked away from it to set up her own business which is a very, I don't think mm-hmm. people understand how brave that is. Yeah. It's very easy to keep taking the money and keep, you know, and wait till you get to, you know, mm-hmm. the stage where you can just retire. Yeah. But to take the risk and walk away from that and then having to prove yourself again. Mm-hmm. And and she said, uh, like having to network because she wasn't known in the smaller circles. Yeah. You know, and networking came up an awful lot as well. Constantly going to things, meeting people, you know, mm-hmm. the chance. You look at, you know, you look at their networking. You look at very first episode when Shane talked about meeting the guys from Jameson. Yeah. And a chance meeting and a chance opportunity about using their their barrels. Mm-hmm. ends up being one of the most successful products in the world for the drink industry in terms of the cask mates. Mm-hmm. And it all came from that networking with each other, understanding each other's business and this kind of relationship building. And that that kind of stuff happened an awful lot as well. Um, I know, like Tom Durkin said something similar when he set up his new, the newer business, yeah. you know, um, where he met the, the chef from, from the cask and, you know, there's so there's lots of opportunities like that where mm-hmm. people, a chance meeting. Yeah. You know, John Caulfield said how he was overlooked for the Cork City job a few times and then he happened to bump into the chairperson mm-hmm. on, on the way into Turner's Cross or something like that. And then, you know, 
he got the interview and he impressed yeah. at the interview and got the job and then went on to be the most successful manager in the club's history you know so there was you know it's about making yourself I suppose known to others as well mm-hmm. that was that was something that came up a lot this idea of constantly meeting new people constantly trying to get your, your name out there In a sense you kind of did something very similar to a lot of our guests that you left a job to set up your own company Yeah Yeah So for people who may not be aware you have your 24 stories, yeah. your narration, yeah. your private clients, your lecturing. Yeah. What have you learned from our guests mm. that you can put into your own business? I suppose to sometimes take a step back and look at the business. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to a lot of them, they were all too busy walking away and, you know, getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. So a bit of planning and maybe a bit of forecasting. I thought a lot of what Noella said in particular about forecasting the yeah. head and having a bit of a financial plan. I thought that was that was quite good. And then taking a few risks as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to take a chance every now and again. You kind of have to, you know, and and maybe build good team members around you. That was another thing that, yeah. that, I, that I've heard. And, you know, there's like I'm not producing this podcast. I brought yourself in for that, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, in narration, I bring in one or two guys into the, to that team. I had a problem in the past where I tried to do everything myself, and that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and it's it, this idea of leaving control over to others, and you know, building a team that you can kind of say, yeah, they're going to come up with ideas. Yeah, they're going to to do stuff as well. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of them have said. They've built really good people around them. Yeah, and they've planned ahead. And they do take opportunities when they when they come. And not to get overly worried if you have a setback. Give, yeah. Maybe shelve it. You know, I, I think one or two of them have said that. If it wasn't working, walk away from it. Don't mm-hmm. leave it get too bad. Yeah. You know, it's just walk away from it and try something else. Um, because you'll know, you'll see, you'll see if it's not working. Yeah. That's what you're taking forward, so. That's what I'm taking forward. So I think, I think this series has been um, a massive learning curve um, in terms for me as well. It's been the first, I suppose, venture into this, I suppose, content creation from an audio perspective. Mm-hmm. I've been fooling around with it in terms of video and stuff like that for years. But from an audio perspective, from a podcast perspective, I suppose, I wanted to see what the feedback would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, love to bring it back. I suppose, you know, it'll be a case of Maybe there's somebody out here listening to this podcast that might want to come on and sponsor it. We're very open to that. Yes. I would love it. And you know what? You know, the audience is an audience that are interested. We can see from the stats as well that like the one great thing about us, they listen to most of the episode, whether they're driving their car or they're commuting or mm-hmm. they're at work or they're, as I do often, putting away the wear or something at night or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Listen, you know. <laughs> that you do. <laughs> yeah. So like, or doing the shopping. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and I think that's nice so it's it's something warm to think that it's you're having nearly a conversation with someone else they have they're listening to you talking to somebody and there's nothing else going on they're just kind of zoned in on your conversation I think that there's something really powerful about that and it's kind of going back to the start of radio uh, in many ways and so I'm looking forward to maybe coming back with with a new series Mm -hmm. we'll give it 24 and even though this last episode has been the two of us, there's actually been 24 guests before today because yeah. if you remember, and I didn't mention them there earlier on, but Connor, um, Connor Crowley. Connor, Connor and Paul, yeah, they came in. Like Crowley's opticians was a phenomenal story, mm-hmm. you know, and there was two of them. 
But, you know, but Connor was probably, he, he probably killed me for saying it. he's the oldest guest we had, but also one of the most fascinating backstories as well. And I'd love more of those stories. And I, and I remember saying yeah. to you a few weeks ago, I'd love more stories whereby the things that were never told, you know, and yeah. the things that you never knew. Like, for example, he described the Grand Parade in the oh. 60s. Oh, I love that. You know, so I'd like more of that. Or you thought Martin last week spoke about growing up in a household of 14, like, which is, yeah. you know, Noella, you know, similar to, you know, you know, the, her mom uh, having to take over her, her, yeah. her father's shop when he passed away and driving on the business and then, you know, working hard nonstop for the family. And like, they're great stories. Yeah. They're not like, they're business stories, but they're also just great stories that anyone, you could turn them into a film. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think I'd like to find more of them. And I'm sure there's people listening to this. And I know there's people have reached out to me uh, in recent weeks that they know somebody that owns mm-hmm. a business or whatever. Um, but I'm sure there's other great stories out there. Yeah. You know? I loved hearing those stories from um, Crowley's. You had Tom Durkin in business over 40 years. You had Frank Kelly as well yeah. from Lettertech. Yeah. And it's so cool as well when you hear from my perspective their stories of like inheriting the business in a sense whether it's from family but they've also seen the evolution of Cork but yeah. obviously as well the evolution of the technology and the craft in itself. And they've evolved like Frank has evolved you know like Frank and Connor I could see the two of them if they've yeah. evolved over time and they don't just sit there and kind of wait for everyone else to kind of do something for yeah. them they actually do it themselves they experiment they try it. Yeah. Frank talked a lot about going after niche audiences and and going after kind of industries that maybe needed something in the printing world and then being the first to kind of publish and stuff. Like really fa- fascinating mm-hmm. individuals. You know, Connor was like, after we finished the podcast that day, Connor was talking about augmented reality and VR. Yeah. And, like I didn't expect that. But that's that's a sign of a great business person, somebody mm-hmm. that's constantly looking what's the next chapter. And I thought the other brave thing about Connor was the fact that he was talking, he was, he had the, the I suppose, the foresight to to look at where the business will go in the future yeah. and bring in a new management team to lead that future. So that rather mm-hmm. than leave it kind of just dwindle away, that set that scene and, you know, work with the new management team of Barry and, and Paul and, and, yeah. and a few others that were in there. You know, so I thought that was, you know, they were fascinating stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about resilience, Luke, like Luke Dennehy from Dennehy's Health and Fitness. Oh, said, yeah. You know, the amount of setbacks you can get in two years that Luke got, you know, was, you know, crazy. Yeah. You know, the fire, the COVID, you know, setbacks, the buildings and all of that, you know. Yeah. And he has got to the stage where he knows how to deal with it. The resilience, it was like water off a duck's back when he was saying that, Nothing bothers me anymore. I no. don't get worked up over yeah. things. Because yeah. his business, when he started, again, someone who was working uh, on a building site and stuff, and he just did a total career change. Total career change, yeah. And he to have, yeah, setback yeah. with injury as well, like, you know. And yeah. to have those setbacks in the early days of his business, but you can see with him and similar guests, the perseverance of everyone, determination yeah. in just following what they feel is good for them. Well, that was so cool when, when Luke was talking about that and now to think that he's nearly on five gyms. Yeah, and the biggest probably gym brand in the city, you know, it's just from something that was, I suppose, a hobby. He got he yeah. went in, he retrained himself. He had to retrain himself and, and there has been a few of those that have 
taken something that they were kind of interested in and made it a, a, a whole career, a whole business out of it. So, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, and the feedback we've got from people listening to the, the, the individual episodes and stuff like that, they have been inspired by somebody's. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I think there are people they can look up to as well or they can people that maybe they mm-hmm. can reach out to for advice. You know, yeah. and that's, that's the other good thing about it all as well. Um, and yeah, so there's been, you know, brilliant episodes. So like, I mean, even if you haven't listened back to somebody early podcast or, you know, in the middle, I think you will get a lot from it if you mm-hmm. just took a bit of time out and 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 maybe even bring a notepad with every now and again and write down a few, few yeah. things that they say. And it doesn't matter what stage you are in your business, whether it's an idea or maybe you're in college or maybe you're looking for a career change or you're unhappy where you are at the yeah. moment. Or you could be 30, 40 years in business. Yeah. But you can still relate to the stories of other people as well and go, oh, well, that's after sparking an idea in my mind of where I can take things. As you said with Connor growing with his yeah. craft, yeah. Jason O'Gorman as well, from print to digital, yeah. Frank from print to digital and stuff. Yeah. So I think wherever anyone is at the moment in their career that are thinking about changes and stuff, I think these guests so far are so inspiring and are prime examples of all that you can achieve no matter where you are or where you're from or what you're doing in life. So I think that was inspiring for me uh, when I was tuning in just to hear that resilience in, in some of the guests. I think you wrapped it up nicely there. I don't <laughs> think I'm the one that usually wraps up a load of, load of thought but I think you said it. I think it's not it's not about me it's about what they have done what they have said and they're only a small representation of the amount of people who work hard in this city and county and as I said we'll probably mm-hmm. go beyond that in, 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 the, in the future series but in this city and county they're just a small representation who make the place tick who make yeah. the place keep going who have got through recessions and COVID and different things over the years and knockbacks yeah. and some of them had a few recessions and uh, and kept going and kept the float and, and even if they got knocked back they came again uh, mm-hmm. you know and um, I think um, it, it's been an honour to to sit in front of them and chat to them yeah. um, and you know I'll I'll I'd say I'll for years I'll probably every now and again I'll just flick an episode on and yeah. listen back again because I think you know there's always something that I can learn each time when I when I go back to them and I know at the end of every episode you uh, finish up with two questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now it's your turn well, to answer turn the up. two questions. Yeah. 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 So the first question, Stephen Ryan. Yeah. What advice would you give to an individual, whether they're starting off a business or thinking about it, or maybe they're in one at the moment? Yeah. Well, the, the one piece of advice is come out from behind the brand. Build your own name as much as you're building the company's name. And why I say that is, People love to deal with people. Mm-hmm. And today it's actually quite easy to do with that because we have so many different platforms available and you don't have to be on all of them. But what I'm saying is, you know, whether you create a LinkedIn account or you put up something on Instagram, even if you turn up an event, if someone asks you to speak in a local school, yeah. if someone asks you to do an interview for radio, do it and yeah. make your name associated with the business that you've created or mm-hmm. the business that you work for. So... You know, I think own the success that you have. Yeah. You know, um, and don't get left behind because people are always 
look at others and they say, how come they're so successful? How come they're always asked to do this and how come they're asked to do that? Because they've, they've worked hard on building their name. Yeah. And it pays off. So the second question, you know full well. Yeah. What advice would you give to a business? Find your story and tell it. So all those businesses that I've had in all had a unique story to tell. Mm-hmm. And there's loads out there that I probably am very unaware of because the people don't tell the story well enough. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is how did it start? Why did it start? Who's the audience? Tell people about it. So one of the easiest ways to do that is maybe even just go away and get a videographer in mm-hmm. and capture it and tell a story in 60 seconds of what you're about. And if you could do that, I think maybe then you can evolve that story as as time moves on or even write a one-pager for your website. I always remember Jim Plus Coffee had a lovely one-page about why they set up the three yeah. lads meeting up for a coffee and going out and going for a walk on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. That type of thing is yeah. really important. The about section is not just putting in your telephone number and where you're from. Mm-hmm. It should be, this is who we are, this is what we do, uh, and this is why, why we want to work with you or, you know, why we want you as a customer. Yeah. That type of thing. Um, that's what I would tell people. Okay. Well, it's been an unusual episode for me. Yeah. Because I'm after coming out from behind the window and sitting in and flipping questions around to you. So yeah. you're after taking me out of my comfort zone anyway, that's for sure. And look, that's what it's all about. We've had loads of guests that have been nervous over time as well. So, you know, I think it's a nice way to finish. And um, we'll have some special episodes over the next couple of weeks where we'll be going back and reviewing some clips and some tips and stuff like that that people will have done. And uh, keep an eye out for Series 2 coming So, I'm looking forward to it. And it's also important to note we're branching out of Cork. Yeah. So if you're outside of Cork, that doesn't mean that you're outside of this podcast. Yeah. We're bringing people in. Exactly. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Thanks for producing a great show. Um, and, you know, thanks for everyone for listening as well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 24 Stories podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at 24 Stories Tribe. I'll be back next week with a brand new guest.